0: And Hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. I hope everybody had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I had an outstanding weekend in addition to some Memorial Day festivities. It was great to be at the ballpark a lot of the weekend. We had a doubleheader on Saturday out at New Albany. We had the sectional championship game on Monday. And what a thrilling finish it was. Floyd Central in my mind, was a big favorite in that sectional. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Seymour had a really good record coming into the sectional as well. I was really interested to see how things would play out uh, in that contest on Monday between Jeff and Floyd in the finale, and my goodness, Jeffersonville able to Pull off a major upset over Floyd Central and move on to the regional. A lot of local winners, Silver Creek in 3A. uh, Also Providence in 2A, a winner going to move on in their respective classes. I think Providence has a big opportunity to win a regional and maybe go all the way to a semi-state and who knows, perhaps the state championship game as well. But Memorial Day... And high school baseball, being out at the ballpark with all the local coaches and P.K. Falkenstein, who was kind enough to join me uh, all week for the sectional, just a lot of fun. And we've had a lot of great memories there. We've broadcast a number of big games in the area. And I tell you what, as I think back to some of the postseason baseball, we've had an opportunity to go to Victory Field in Indianapolis. We've had... Lots of postseason big ones. We've had some great games, some great finishes. It wasn't the best game we've ever had, but it was way up the list. Let's let's leave it at that, way up the list. A great finish, Jeffersonville, a great comeback. Two runs in the top of the sixth inning, two runs in the top of the seventh to beat Floyd Central and move on in postseason baseball. How about this? They get it done in Shane Stock's first year. New manager, new coach replacing Derek Ellis, who did a tremendous job for the Red Devils, and Coach Stock in year one, able to lead his underdog Devils to a sectional championship at New Albany. So a lot of fun, I'm sure, for him, but it was great to be at the ballpark and Thanks for those of you that listened. Uh, Obviously, great streaming numbers always for our high school and local sports coverage, which is what makes this station and this area so special. And uh, so many text messages, people letting us know that they were listening at their Memorial Day parties or that they were reporting in scores and updates from other sectionals. Every bit of it greatly appreciated And uh, glad you could be with us, uh, and hopefully that you were at some of the games. But uh, glad you could be with us here for our coverage of high school baseball sectional week on the Big X. Uh, Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. Segment one: We've got, as always, our daily news and headline, the summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. So a lot of things to get to. Former IU basketball stars Cody Zeller, Victor Oladipo, and Thomas Bryant will face off in the 2023 uh, NBA Finals. So some Hoosier representation uh, for the Heat. And, of course, Thomas Bryant on the top-seeded Denver Nuggets. So we'll talk about that. Also, IU Baseball headed to a regional a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, there was a the thought that Indiana could maybe host a regional. Uh, they are not going to get the host. They're going to have to hit the road to a rival campus. And so we'll tell you more about that coming up in just a bit as well. And uh, lots of other things to get to here in the opening segment as well. And then later in the show, uh, on Tuesdays, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is always with us. So we'll get into IU basketball and recruiting and more coming up with Mike a little bit later in the hour. And then also today, Shane Stock, the victorious coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils, who won a sectional championship yesterday. Coach Stock will join us for a recap of how things went for the Red Devils and of course a big week and a huge championship game yesterday we'll talk with coach stock about that coming up later in the hour that's the lineup a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany and lines but not before I remind you that the Thornton's text line is open don't forget Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, send me a text, your questions, your comments, where you add a sectional on Monday, who are you pulling for in the regional round, IU stuff, recruiting, football, whatever it may be. We're in that uh, crazy time of year in the offseason, but there's a lot of stuff to chat about and a lot of stuff ahead, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, again, uh, let's get into some headlines. Uh, the 2023 NBA Finals, I have thought. Denver Nuggets would run through either Boston or Miami but after seeing Miami's performance the way they were able to bounce back on the road in game seven last night I'm not so sure that I think Miami a number eight seed I think I read the first time is it ever that a number eight seed and the NBA playoffs has reached the NBA finals but I'm not so sure that Miami can't compete I still think The Nuggets are going to win the championship. I still would have to pick them, but I do think Miami uh, has a chance to to be competitive, to offer a good series. Of course, Miami features Cody Zeller, who gets some real minutes in a reserve role. He didn't last night, but he typically does for the Miami Heat. And, of course, Victor Oladipo, who has uh, had a lot of injuries the last couple years. But for the Nuggets, Thomas Bryant is on their roster. So uh, this is the first time since 2019 that a former Hoosier player will win an NBA title. That last person to do so was O.G. Ananobi uh, and the Toronto Raptors when they won the coveted Larry O'Brien Trophy five seasons ago. The finals begin later this week. Can't wait, Uh, believe it or not. It's the only basketball opportunity we have right now, but Thursday night, 8.30, ABC. Look forward to seeing how the Heat can contest against a really good Denver team. I love watching the Joker play. He's a lot of fun. He's had an outstanding run here in the playoffs, and we'll see if he can lead Denver to a championship. Also, IU Baseball, we now know where they are headed in the postseason. They earn a number three seed at the Lexington Regional and it's the first NCAA tournament appearance for the Hoosiers since 2019. They're going to have to go down to UK in Lexington. Uh, number one seed, Kentucky, the host. Number two seed, West Virginia. Obviously, number three seed, the Indiana Hoosiers. And the fourth seed down in Lexington is going to be Ball State, also for from the Hoosier State. So, Jeff Mercer, he's got Indiana baseball back in the tournament. Great to see that. And it's going to be a tough regional, though. And I'm going to also tell you this. Kentucky's ballpark, amazing. Kentucky Proud Park, what a great venue for college baseball. One of the best that I've seen. Uh, better than Bart Kaufman, better than Papa John's in the, on the campus of L. It is a really first-class stadium, but that should be a lot of fun. College Baseball Regional in Lexington coming up. College Baseball postseason is great. It's it's fun to watch. It's happens at a time where there's not as much other stuff going on in the sports world, but uh, definitely will be fun to see how Indiana can do there. And I want to give a shout-out to Indiana State. The Sycamores hosting their own regional as a number-one seed Indiana State getting the opportunity to host the Terre Haute Regional, which is awesome to see other in-state schools, Ball State. I just mentioned they're headed to Kentucky uh, with Indiana as the number four seed. Great to see both of those teams get an opportunity to compete in the baseball postseason and represent the state, that's for sure. High school baseball over the weekend, my goodness, the Jeff and Floyd Central Championship game was an amazing finish Jeffersonville really got it rolling late in the game, scored two runs in the top of the sixth and two runs in the top of the seventh to go on and rally past Floyd Central for the championship. Jeffersonville had a great week. Uh, They got the bye, number one. They didn't play until Saturday. Uh, They took on a very good Seymour team, who they had beaten earlier in the year, but Seymour was really playing good and. Jeff won that game 4-3 on Saturday and then able to beat Floyd Central by the same score of 4-3 on Monday. Jeffersonville now 18-11 on the season. They advance to a regional. We know they're going to play Castle. What we don't know is the location or the time of that game. It's just a one-game regional. Remember, just like basketball, regionals now one game. The semi-state round is now two games, so this is like the semi-state round. They wait and see who all the winners are, then they look at mileage and distances and what locations make the most sense for schools and fans, and they're going to announce that on Wednesday, I understand, so... We'll know where that game is at. It could be at Floyd Central. They are a regional host, even though they're out of the tournament. It could be down in Evansville. There's a number of places in the south that could be. And so we'll find out who Jeff and Castle, at least where that game will be at. It sounds like tomorrow. It's kind of new with this new format of the tournament. I like it overall. It takes some use to not getting – It takes. It, it's going to take me a little bit – Getting used to not knowing who the sectional champions, at least where the games are going to be played immediately when the championships are crowned. That's different. Uh, Just kind of a reversal to what semi-state week is like. But I do like the fact that more teams are alive longer in their respective tournaments. It just keeps more hope alive, more excitement alive uh, for some of these teams and schools and their sports communities. And so I like that, although it's going to take a little time getting used to. So Jeffersonville, theoretically, is one game away from a semi-state appearance and a few games away, I guess three victories away, from a state championship game appearance, the way this tournament is formatted. But getting back to the game On uh, Monday, uh, the winning pitcher, Brett Denby, he came in and closed it out for the Red Devils just as he did on Saturday. He's been injured this season. He's not been able to pitch as he normally would. He came in Saturday against Seymour with fire and continued that when he got his opportunity to come in late in the game against Floyd Central on Monday. Bishop Letson recorded the loss, which is unbelievable for Floyd Central. He is an outstanding pitcher, had an unbelievable career at Floyd Central, one of the better pitchers to come out of this area in recent years, I think. But he did not start the game, which is an interesting talking point for the 4A Sectional Championship because he only threw about 60 pitches on Wednesday in Floyd Central's 8 nothing blitz past Bedford-North Lawrence. So according to the IHSA rule, the pitch count rule, He would have had to sit out a day and would have been able to return to pitch for Floyd Central. So he had plenty of rest, and the rules would have allowed him to pitch, but he didn't start. Cohen Everard did for Floyd Central. He pitched a nice game as well. Later in the game, Blaine Metz came in, followed by uh, Bishop Letson when things were going really tough for Floyd Central. Letson able to get uh, Floyd Central out of the sixth inning with just a little bit of damage, but then in the top of the seventh, Floyd Central rather Jeffersonville able to score two to get that 4-3 victory over the Highlanders. Floyd Central, another outstanding season, but they couldn't get it done in the sectional. 20 wins and 9 losses. Floyd Central already, as we think, the next year. They've got a lot of pitching back and some other talent back and I think will be one of the better teams in the area next year. But I was absolutely shocked at the result yesterday. I really thought this Floyd Central team would not only win, but also Uh, maybe make a run in the tournament because of their pitching. I really thought that was a strong possibility for Floyd Central. But a great day of baseball yesterday, no question about it. And, uh, wow, what a thrilling win for Jeffersonville to get the job done over Floyd Central. I mentioned Silver Creek. They won 3 A. Back-and-forth game against Scottsburg. Silver Creek really fortunately uh, fortunate to come back and win that contest. Uh, but uh, Silver Creek moving on in 3A. Providence cruised over Clarksville in the 2A championship. And then locally, Borden also a winner. They came from behind to beat South Central 12-7 in the finale uh, of the, uh, the 1A sectional uh, for Borden. Actually, they did not beat Floyd Central in that final. They beat West Washington uh, for Borden's third straight sectional title. Their win over South Central came in a semifinal game. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. Coming up, we have uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk IU basketball and more with him. And then Coach Shane Stock, who helped his Jeff team to a sectional championship on Monday afternoon at New Albany, will have uh, his thoughts on the sectional and what's ahead for the Devils, the underdog Devils, who got a big win Saturday and Monday at New Albany in that 4A sectional. We're headed to a commercial break. We're back with our guest. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And welcome back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Glad you're with us. Great Memorial Weekend. Feels like it should be Monday, but glad it's Tuesday. We get uh, a little shorter week this week. Uh, Thornton's text line open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question uh, or comment or opinion on IU basketball, football, whatever it may be, you can send them in because right now we've got Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us here on the program, and Mike is with us uh, basically each and every Tuesday as we talk the latest with IU basketball and surrounding topics, but I actually want to start first, Mike, today with baseball, the Hoosiers, who at one time, a month, month and a half ago, were hopeful they might host their own regional, instead are going down to Kentucky to the rival Wildcats, they'll play there for the Lexington Regional coming up, uh, which means it's time for postseason college baseball
2: yeah it it certainly is it's been a kind of a roller coaster season for them i mean they they started out a little rough going against some good competition um as you said at one point it looked like they could be a contender for a a number one seed and kind of found their way into the kentucky region which i think is a a fun regional I, i think it you know hopefully some indiana fans can make it down there and uh Some support because I I think you know you got Kentucky, you got Ball State, which could be a potential second round matchup for for IU. So, um, a lot of fun stuff, you know, tough tough situation with with Indiana, you know, as they wrapped up the season. I I think they're, you know, the the bullpen let them down a little bit. Um, You know, they had some series late against Maryland, against Iowa, where they could have kind of solidified their spot uh, in, in that number one. Uh, Seed as you mentioned, but but they they had some critical series and they just couldn't get it done. But still, you always have an opportunity uh, this time of year to to maybe uh, pull some upsets and get to Omaha.
0: It's also pretty neat to see Ball State at that same regional, and then how about Indiana State getting an opportunity to host in Terre Haute? I know there was some scuttlebutt that maybe the Hoosiers would have to report to Terre Haute and play in the Indiana State Regional, but that did not happen.
2: Yeah, I kind of did a double take, because I'll be honest, I don't follow college baseball too much outside of IU, so when I saw Indiana State was a host school, um, uh, like I said, a little bit of a double take, that's that's really impressive uh, for, you know, they're obviously competing against... You know, all the Big Ten schools and everybody else in the Midwest, so what they've done is is really impressive, and and that would have been uh, certainly an interesting situation if if IU had to go there. Uh, I suspect there's probably a little bit of relief that they
0: don't have to go through that one. Uh, Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. NBA Finals are set, Mike, and there are some real uh, IU connections in the Finals. It's a guarantee that someone with an IU connection is going to win an nba championship but uh, neat to see some former hoosiers uh getting an opportunity in some way or fashion to be part of an nba championship team and part of an nba Finals series
2: yeah no doubt about it i mean three three players are at least on rosters or at least with franchises i think everybody knows at this point that victor oladipo had a a season-ending knee injury roughly a month ago and he won't play in the finals at all um but still obviously with the Heat and still part of their season and part of their story this year. Um, But, you know, two centers, 2013 uh, Cody Zeller and 2016 Thomas Bryant, um, potentially could go head-to-head. Neither of them have had big roles. Bryant, I do not believe, has played at all in the playoffs. Um, But they're both backup centers, respectively, on the, the Heat and Nuggets. So we'll see if we get a little IU, Hoosier on Hoosier action at some point in that series. It's at least conceivable that it does happen. But um, I, I went back and looked at it, and 12 uh, former Indiana players had played in a final, some of them multiple finals, like Isaiah Thomas and others, uh, before uh, th- this one. So they've gone from 12 to 15 uh, in just the course of, of, of yesterday. So that it's a big jump in terms of the number who have – who have done it, and um, the, the last one to win it was and Ananobi in 2019 with Toronto. He was in a similar situation to uh, Oladipo, where he didn't actually get to play in the finals, because I believe he had an appendectomy that year that, that shut him down, but... Um, it, as you said, somebody's going to get a ring, maybe two people, if Zeller and Depot get it. and um, So that'll be the first time since 2019. It's, Cody Zeller's story is really interesting, by the way, if people don't know it. He, he had been out of the league for a full calendar year. He got waived by Portland in, in February of 2022 and, and got re-signed uh, by Miami. In February of 2023, I mean, there there was a lot of thought that his NBA career might be over, and now now he is in the finals, and and we'll probably see some action here over the next couple weeks.
0: Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, you can read the website, thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow Mike on social media, at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, uh, lots of things to talk about from a recruiting standpoint, and I'll let you maybe drill into some of the specifics, but... I've seen so many reports, I read your website earlier, a number of big-name recruiting targets in the 2024 class wanting to take a visit to Indiana. I know one of them I read this morning was Boogie Fland, who's a five-star guard in the 2024 class. It seems like Indiana right now is really in on a number of big-time players that are highly ranked in the 2024 class, some local, some farther out in the country or the region but uh, my goodness, Indiana right now—I mean, no commitments or no uh, big gets just yet. But it seems like they are making some real progress, and really a program that is attracting a lot of interest from some of these potential key recruits.
1: Yeah, there, there's no doubt
2: about it. There's clearly a lot of momentum right now. Now, what, as you say, whether or not that momentum translates to actual commitments—you know, there's there's a couple steps involved because a lot of these guys said that they're planning to visit Indiana. I, I don't know that there's a lot of dates out there that are set in stone. Or at least there wasn't as of Sunday when I was down in Memphis and talking to these guys. But um, a lot of guys are intrigued by Indiana, want to visit, and, and the common theme is kind of the season that that IU just had, and specifically the, the kind of the one and done trajectory of Jalen Um kind of going from you know not necessarily on the, the first round NBA radar when he committed to Indiana to now being a possible lottery pick or at least a you know clear consensus first rounder. And then the development of Trace Jackson Davis too from a guy that, you know, a year ago wasn't clearly gonna be drafted, but who now is, and that was, you know, in large part due to his development as a passer and ball handler and, and you know, other skills that that he didn't just have when Mike Woodson arrived. So, so there's a lot of buzz around the program. There's a lot of intrigue around the playing style in Indiana. A lot of guys I talked to say that they like the pro style offense with a you know heavy emphasis on high ball screens and, and you know a, a spread style that it's been hard for Indiana and Woodson to play exactly how they want to do it because they you know you need a lot of shooters out there on the perimeter to, to play Billy really how they did it want to do it, but they're they're still. There's still, a lot of film both from Woodson's time as an NBA coach and also what they put on film this past year with Hood That that there's a lot of guys attracted to uh, to what's going on there. But the thing I thought that they were going to have a lot of trouble with would be convincing wing type players, uh, you know, that that there's a fit there at Indiana because they were so focused on Huddersfino and Jackson Davis over the last year. But but you see what you know they they were able to convince McKenzie Embaco and, and you know talking to other guys like Liam McNeely, um, uh, Rakeese Passmore to come to mind over the weekend. You know, I think they've seen the same kind of message as um, what what others have, what Embaco saw that you know they're, they're Woodson has a history that goes beyond uh, just the um, just the last season so players like Carmelo Anthony and Joe Johnson to come to mind as wing type players that have thrived when, when he's had the right type of personnel. So I think they've, they've kind of gotten over
0: that hump a little bit. And
2: if it, McKenzie and Baco has a really good season with Indiana, then I think it gets, it goes another step even beyond that.
0: Mike Schumann, the daily Hoosier, my guest talking IU basketball recruiting in state. I know that some of the bigger names I believe are 2025 guys, of course, Uh, Flory Bedunga is 2024, but as we get through this spring period and we start talking about coaches hitting the road in June for the high school stuff, July for the Peach Jam and some of the other uh, AAU-oriented things, has there been any update on some of the in-state prospects that IU fans are so sensitive, and I get it when it comes to a big-name in-state that's getting all sorts of attention, where do they stand with some of those guys?
2: I think I think big picture the staff has taken the right approach with the in-state guys. They are when there is an in-state prospect who's a clear power five high major, they're going all in on those guys. And you mentioned Ford Badunga in 2024. You, know, you got Jalen Harrelson and Trent Sisley in 2025. When you got players like that, that there's just there's just no doubt that they are good enough to you know not not just be on the IU roster, but you know play meaningful minutes for a program that aspires to the the uh, heights that that IU wants to be at. Um, they're, they're going all in on those guys, so it may, they may not be going as deep as you know some other staffs in the past have gone with, with in-state guys. Uh, but th- but there's no doubt that they're, they're placing a heavy emphasis, you know, on, on Flory, you know, I talked to him, I guess it was roughly a month ago, you know, when AAU first started and, and, you know, he's, he's not a guy that wants to talk a whole heck of a lot about recruiting, but when you talk to him and you talk to people around him and you just see what he's done. I mean, I think his actions speak the loudest. Um, I think he's been to Indiana at least four times over the last year. Um, he, People around him say that that IU is definitely a school that that he's taken a real close, careful look at. Um, You know, again, you talk about the season that Trace Jackson Davis just had. You know, people like Flory uh, notice that sort of thing because, you know, believe it or not, Flory Batunga might be a better athlete than Trace, at least in some respects, the way he runs before. Um, so, So I think there's some clear. Uh, parallels that that a player like him can see when he watches the development of, of Trace over the last year, um, and then the 2025s that I mentioned, Harrelson and Sicily. I mean, Indiana was in on those guys before they even started high school. I don't think that anybody is recruiting them harder than than Indiana. Is and I think you know. You, I don't think there's anyone in a better position than Indiana. Not saying that they're the favorite or those guys have decided or anything like that, but but I don't think anybody is in a better spot. And so I think that's pretty much all you could ask for with guys that are just rounding the corner and becoming upperclassmen in high school.
0: For some of those guys like Bedunga and the the trio you mentioned from Indiana, has there been any early indication of maybe where they lean or? Who, who the top schools are that they are considering or is it just still too early for that the way things are going
2: yeah i mean I, I think it's still too early i think they're especially for the younger guys i mean i know there's a lot of buzz around Sicily that you know his, his family is an iu family I, I, they don't even try to really keep that a secret but but he, he's a young guy and he's you know he's still accumulating offers. He's got you know just about every Big Ten school is recruiting him to some extent. Um, Notre Dame's involved. I think he's going up there for a visit. Um, so so I think you know he's still in the spot where he's kind of just kind of at least playing through this summer, seeing who's all interested, and then maybe starting to narrow things down from there. Harrelson, you know he's he's an elite prospect. He you know he, he's probably going to be one and done, or at least has that potential probably too young young to say that he's going to do that at this point but you know he's on the radars of the dukes and the kentuckys um just about everybody he's he's probably going to make the the team usa here whenever that's announced this week he, he he's just that guy that's like you know top 10 national one of the best point guards in the country and he's going to have any option that he wants so I don't think he's in any way narrowing things with his recruitment right now either that's that's probably a year away but you know I think IU is right there clearly in the conversation with him And then Flory I mean it's been a little little bit all over the map with things I've heard I think there was a lot of noise early on that Cincinnati was a favorite I think they're still in it but I don't hear about them as much anymore. You, you, I think Kentucky is involved there. Auburn's involved. Uh, Florida. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much Purdue's really involved anymore, but, um, but that's another one. He just went out to Kansas, so I mean, who knows who can I'll get involved in that. He, he's a very much an elite top five-ish top national prospect as well, so that, that's another one where you just, man, you, you just got to go all in and know that you're going to be competing with the best of the
0: best. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays here on the show. Mike, lots of things to look forward to coming up with the recruiting season just around the corner, and going to be interesting to see if Mike Woodson and his staff can reel in some of these big-time prospects that they've made early contact with. Thanks for all the insight. Yeah,
2: thank you, Matt.
0: All right, Mike Schumann, he's with us Tuesdays here on the show. Don't forget the Thornton's text line open, that number 502 414 1450, again, 502-414-1450. Uh, love to hear from you, your questions, your comments, whatever it may be. Uh, we'll take them and uh, use them on the program here today. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk with uh, sectional championship coach Shane Stock of Jeffersonville. His Red Devils had an outstanding victory yesterday, an upset over Floyd Central in the 4A finale at New Albany. It was one of the great high school baseball games that the Big X has been part of. It was at a thrilling finish, and uh, the crowd both ways into it. Great crowd for the uh, entire sectional, I thought. But uh, we'll see what's next for Jeffersonville, and we'll talk with Coach Stock coming up after this. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A reminder, the Big X Sports Radio golf card is still available. Supplies are limited, so act now. This year's card features uh, Park Mammoth down in Kentucky, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round, on the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Get yours today, BigXSportsRadio.com, or call 812-725-1457. Again, 812 725 One, four, five, seven. With me now, Shane Stock, head coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils. His team with an outstanding come-from-behind victory on Monday to win the 4A sectional championship. Coach Stock, you've been around baseball, coaching at the collegiate and high school levels for years and years. That had to be somewhere high on your list of games you've participated and coached in as far as a thrilling finish. Absolutely.
1: It was a uh, nail-biter down to the end, and it couldn't happen to a better bunch of young men.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about this Jeff team in general before we go through some of the things from yesterday's championship at Mount Tabor Field. Uh, from when you took over this program in the off season to now, can you talk about the progress, I know after the game yesterday you mentioned that they really bought into the program. What what changed over the preseason and maybe even the course of the season to help this Jeff team be a contender and be able to put together a performance like yesterday to win a championship?
1: Well, they've, they've bought in from the beginning. Uh, we've preached and preached that we need to get better every day, every week, and peak at the right time, and I think we have done that. Uh, We've told them they need to have never-give-up attitude. We've shown that all year. Uh, the great thing about baseball, there's no clock. The clock doesn't run out. Until the 21st out is recorded, we've got a chance. And that's what we've told them, told them, and told them. And they believe, never hung their head. We've had some rough spots during the season, uh, but they've never hung their head or given in.
0: Shane Stock joining as his team victorious. 4-3 over Floyd Central Monday in the championship game. Coach, you put Brett Denby in on Saturday to help close things out against a good Seymour team, and the same thing, you put him in in the mm-hmm. latter stages of yesterday's championship game, and he came through in a big way. We're going to highlight a number of your individual players here and uh, in, in our chat with you today, but talk about sure. what Brett, the Georgia commit, was able to do. Uh, he's always a great shortstop, one of the best, but what he was able to get done on the mound for you the last two games
1: well we're a different ball club when he's healthy and able to pitch uh he did not start pitching for us until about three weeks ago and he's still only thrown nine innings this year but if we can bring him in in the back half of a game to get one or two innings uh he's pretty special he makes us a completely different ball club on the mound
0: Shane Stock, coach of Jeff, my guest. And then Jarrett Phillips yesterday, coach. It was his big triple that really helped uh, you guys get to the victory. I know there were a number of things that happened in those final two innings and a number of players that made plays and helped out. But, boy, Phillips had a big bat for you at a key time yesterday.
1: He did yesterday, and he did it Wednesday against Seymour with a two-run homer to secure that win. Uh, Jarrett's hit in the three-hole for us all year. Uh, He's getting around 360 for the season, and uh, he's done nothing but come up clutch all year.
0: Now, Coach, after the sectional championship, I know a lot of celebration, uh, but you immediately focus in on the regional. And one thing we know about the regional right now is that you're going to play on Saturday, and the opponent is going to be the Castle Knights, a team that you guys played and were able to beat in the regular season. That said, it's different. As a guy that's covered this stuff for a lot of years, we don't know the time, and we don't yet know the location, and also for the first time, and I think forever. It's a one-game regional as opposed to two games. So a little different format, and I believe by sometime midday tomorrow, we should know the details and the location. But kind of a different situation. You win, you're excited, you know your opponent, but you don't know where that game yet's going to be played or what time. Yeah,
1: we have not heard. I spoke with my H D Larry Owens, this morning, and he said the same thing he did sometime mid-morning, early afternoon, tomorrow. We should find out the time and location, but uh, we're hearing it's going to be at the University of Evansville, is a possible location Saturday. So we just got to wait and see.
0: All right. We should find that out for sure. But a good facility there, a turf facility that would be a fitting host for a big 4A one game regional championship. Coach, uh, you've been baseball forever. We had you on last when you took the Jeffersonville job in the offseason. Uh, to get this done in year one with your coaches, your staff, and your players, to see something like this happen, to win a sectional championship, how thrilling is that for you and your coaches to accomplish something like this right out of the gate?
1: It's very thrilling, uh, and not to take anything away from it, the young men did it. Uh, Coaches, we just try to mentor, give them a game plan, organize practice. I can't say enough about our team's will to win and team first attitude. Uh, We're very fortunate, Jeff. We have a great administrative staff. Uh, Pam Hall is a great principal and very sports-minded. That helps. And you can't really get a better situation for a high school baseball coach that your athletic director is one of the most decorated baseball people in the area. So yeah, I think there's a lot of things that went into it.
0: I think Coach Owens, your AD, he actually threw some uh, BP for you guys. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we heard we were going to face a left-hander, and Larry is a left-hander, so he threw BP all week for us um, just to see a left-handed arm coming out of the BP net.
0: Yeah, that's great. Talking with Shane Stock, Jeffersonville coach. His team won the sectional championship on Monday. We know they'll play Castle on Saturday. We'll find out for sure the location and time, we believe, sometime midday tomorrow. Coach, uh, you've been around baseball for a long time. You haven't necessarily been a high school coach, but uh, you know the high school coaches because you recruited so many of their players uh, when you had head baseball coaching situations jobs at the collegiate level. So uh, you, you know all these coaches. You've kept up with the area to come through that sectional. You know the history, the talent, the coaches to come through that sectional and beat a really good Floyd Central team with outstanding pitching I think even though it's year one for you, you're not a beginner, you're not new to this area, you know what that means.
1: It it was a big win. Uh, Floyd Central played well. Uh, Casey does a great job with them. They exuded sportsmanship, and it was a tough game for either team to lose. Uh, 4-3, obviously both teams played very well, and it came down to the final out.
0: All right, Shane Stock, my guest, talking about his Red Devil team that's headed to the regional coach. Uh, you're one of the handful of teams in 4 eight still practicing. Congratulations, and we'll look to see you Saturday wherever the game's played for a regional championship.
1: I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Shane Stock with us, and we'll have some of the other sectional championship coaches with us this week to talk about their sectional crowns and also to kind of prepare for what's ahead. I didn't get much into it yet with Coach Stock, but... Castle a really good ball club and yes Jeff did beat them earlier in the year but I don't believe they saw Castle's big uh, dog pitcher so uh, Castle will be a challenge for this Jeffersonville team and uh, the rumor is UE uh, Evansville campus the baseball field there Castle the host of that regional so we'll see if that actually plays out when things are finalized and the release is put out tomorrow by the IHSA but It will be a good challenge for Jeff, and it should be a good game. We'll see if this Red Devil team in a one-game set can pull off another big one and move on to a two-game semi-state coming up the following Saturday. As I mentioned earlier, Silver Creek an outstanding win uh, on Monday. It was a back-and-forth game with Scottsburg, but the Dragons able to muster out the victory. And then in 2A, Providence dominated, as we all thought they would. And to be honest with you, looking at regional pairings and what's ahead – I think Providence has a chance to dominate their regional game as well and move on to a semi-state. And then in 1A, Borden is our local entry, and we know Borden has had some success there in recent seasons as well. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program, and uh, we'll be with you every day this week uh, through Friday. I don't think we have any bats games during the day that are going to knock us off the air, so look forward to talking a lot more IU basketball and football and local sports and so much more with you coming up here over the next few days. But it was a lot of fun to be at the ballpark this weekend, and it was capped off by an outstanding upset victory in very exciting fashion yesterday by the Red Devils of Jeffersonville. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. We'll have Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, coming up on our Wednesday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.